Ladies and gentlemen, this is AVP International, otherwise known as Ameda Unuabona. It's not the government name, it's the real name. It's the government don't own this name. They can't even pronounce my name, they don't know what it means. So this is Ameda Unuabona, AVP International on the AVP and Friends podcast. And this afternoon we have my man, Daniel Foster. What's up? I'm good, bro. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I think I'm as nervous as you. Yes. Because we're, we're going to be winging it for the next, what, half an hour, 20 minutes? Yeah. And just chat about what we will chat about you. Okay. Or us. Okay, cool. And life. All right. And being men in 2020. Yes. Whatever that what means. What a year it's been. <laughs> what a year it has been. Um, before we talk about this year, my first question to you is, um, how do you remember the first time we met? Yes, I do. Tell us. Um, the first time that I met you, um, you was actually praying for me um, at church. I can't remember what concert there was at church at the time. Mm. But then when I was going into like deep worship, um, and I think I was going through quite a few challenging episodes with mm. family mm. and with work. And you just came your arm around me and he started praying but then when he started praying i could almost hear kind of like the the, the melody in which he was praying for me and it was sound it just sounded awesome and i can remember saying to you like you have a really nice voice bro <laughs> and he was like thank you bro i'm praying for you <laughs> and i was like oh okay cool continue and um at the end and and at the end then i i kind of got a glimpse of hearing you sing because you were singing with um, the choir there at the time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, rah, this guy can sing. And I was thinking, okay, cool, that made sense. And then um, <laughs> afterwards, um, we just, I know, just started talking anytime we kind of saw each other. Yeah. And then, I don't know, just the friendship just kind of built from just those yeah. moments we just got a glimpse of each other in church. We just saw it was like, just a nod. And then, how's it going? How's your week been? Mm -hmm. And then from there, it just kind of, just naturally grew. Yeah. It, it did, it certainly did. Yeah. And here we are today. Yeah. Um, with me, supposedly meant to be part of your your wedding. I know. Um, so I guess we've, we've come that far in our friendship where I, I you're, you're- He was a groomsman bro. Yeah, complimented me with the, 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 the yeah, being a groomsman. I, I really appreciate that, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, there's no but, but, um, since you spoke about what a year we've had, yeah, what a year you've had, yeah. Tell us about your year and how um, how it's been for you, despite the climate that we're in, um, and uh, the changes of weddings and groomsmanship and all yeah. that stuff. How yeah. has this year been for you? Um, for me, this year has been a year of growth um, mm. because. The plans that I had originally didn't go according to plan. Mm. And it was the very first time where I had to be vulnerable mm. and just accepting of the circumstances and literally just forgive things to God. Because um, I don't like to consider myself a control freak. However, I just like order. <laughs> <laughs> I like order. So when things come out of order, I get a bit angsty. And um, it was very stressful and very challenging for me for a lot of the things that I already had foreplanned to completely be swiped out of what I had initially planned. 
and um, it was challenging for me. Um, things I had planned with work and the clients I had, because um, I'm a freelance graphic designer, mm -hmm. and like a lot of the clients that I had projects planned with got put on hold mm. um, due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rona. And um, <laughs> the wedding plan that I had with my missus um, originally was going to be married October 10th. That's correct. And um, three days ago. Yeah, a few yeah. days ago. Um, that was going to be a massive wedding with our families and friends. And um, you were one of seven groomsmen. Mm. And um, that plan got completely squashed. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead, we had a very small, intimate wedding, which went from like 250 people to eight. Mm -hmm. So that was a drastic reduction of numbers yeah. and it was a drastic reduction of a lot of the things that we were expecting but in our hearts of hearts didn't actually want mm -hmm. um it's funny i know and this is very sensitive because i know like this pandemic has been very heart-wrenching for many people yeah. myself included like mm -hmm. i lost my grandfather and some people that i know close who are dear to me but it was a low-key dare I say, blessing in disguise in yeah, our situation. I hear that. Because what we wanted initially, myself and my wife, um, was exactly how things went went down um, September 26th, which, we, which was the official wedding day. Yeah. We just had a very kind of small, intimate um, ceremony at the uh, Civic Center in Southend. Mm -hmm. And we had six people no not six people we had three people each on up of our sides of the family ourselves included and we just had a very small quiet intimate ceremony and it went really quickly and mm. the registry said that i can see that you guys are really nervous it's gonna be fine <laughs> we're gonna be here to kind of guide you through the steps but it's gonna go so quickly it's gonna go like that mm. so it went happen in about 15 minutes but it felt like a lot much longer right. in the moment because like it was such a massive thing that we were doing and like we was looking at each other and it was kind of like you're gonna be my wife and she's like and you're gonna be my husband and we're like oh my goodness this is actually happening mm. um but like i knew that this is what i wanted she knew this is what she, this is what she wanted as well mm. and like we just we're just saying we're gonna go we're just gonna we're gonna do it because like there there is no other option there mm. is no other mm. there's no other way as like this is it mm. and um, even how we met it was it was God guided so mm. it was like this is it and we went along and we did it and at the end it was like oh was that it <laughs> literally because honestly like we built we had a, so much kind of like anxiety towards it. Um, even though I was trying to play it cool yeah. inside of me, I was like, oh my goodness, like there was some anxiety there. But then when it actually happened, it was like my days, like we built all this for this. And it's like, after that, it was like, oh great. So you're like wifey? And she's like, you're at LB? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Pastor P, we met him in the car park and then we had our, and then he blessed the ceremony outside um, because um, normal registries aren't done under God yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'm a Christian and yeah. I wanted it to be blessed under Jesus. So when he came and he did our blessing outside, we kind of shared our own personal vows between each other, which was really nice. And um, just expressing our love for each other and what, 
what we would do and how much we care about each other. And I could see my dad and her sister and even <laughs> Pastor P get a little bit emotional. Wow. And he said that he said that I just love the innocence and the, the chocolatiness of this love. It's just <laughs> it's just lovely. I love it. It's great. I can see you glowing right now as you speak about it. <laughs> it's just great. And he's like, don't 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 lose this. Like this is lovely. Don't lose it. Mm. And it's the same Amen. message that um my now sister in law Jen mm. said. She said like don't lose yourselves in marriage like stay exactly as you guys were before um it's just you guys now you've got each other now to to look mm -hmm. to and mm -hmm. to turn to and to support and to, to love and to care for each other so so just like just stay true to you and just stay true to who you are mm. and i i hear that and i respected that yeah and um afterwards we then had dinner well it was like brunch went to a hotel restaurant and then we had a free course meal which was so nice really really nice and the staff there was lovely they kind of they kind of elevated it, it, it they kind of made it like a lot more lovely than the way it actually was supposed to be because it's like oh they are the bridal party so they kind of went above and beyond <laughs> with the services which was That's really nice yeah. they were really above and beyond dope. and then afterwards um when we finished our meal um they brought out the wedding cake and I think everybody in the restaurant kind of then realized, oh, oh my goodness, they're getting married. <laughs> oh, and you heard all that. Oh, yes, and all the, everyone's all happy. And then when they brought out the cake, they all cheered and started clapping. Yeah. And we were kind of like, oh my goodness. It was very kind of like overwhelmed. Yeah. And um, it was a beautiful moment just for us. Like it was not planned. That was just kind of like, mm. at a, an in the moment situation and it was beautiful and um it was just gutting we didn't catch it on camera but it, it is what it is yeah. it was just kind of like that moment for us too and then we cut the cake and then someone in the crowd was like speech speech i was like no <laughs> no speeches we're happy thank you thank you thank you and like i fed her a piece of cake and she fed me a piece of cake. Actually, no, that's a lie. First, I cut the cake. I picked it up on my hand and I was gonna feed it. And, and then Jen was like, no, Daniel, with a fork. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> There's etiquette and it's so okay. So I fed it with a fork. And then she fed me with a fork. Dope. And then like, yeah, it was, it was lovely. It was a lovely day. And then afterwards we went back to um, my brother's place. And um, it was just, there was just six of us in total. It was within COVID. Regulations and standards. I mean, it's done now, isn't it? Yeah. Even if it wasn't. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we had cocktails for the evening and we just had loud music, cocktails, just good times, good vibes. It was just so chill and mm. it was just really nice. It was just a really nice day. It was a beautiful day and literally it's, it's, it, it couldn't have gone better. It was literally just what we wanted because we really didn't want a big wedding ceremony. Yeah. Um, even the registrar at the uh, Civic Centre, she said that it's a surprising that a lot of people feel a lot more at ease doing it this way mm -hmm. because they don't feel almost obliged mm -hmm. to have to invite people and not feel guilty mm. and then end up having such a bigger ceremony than what they originally planned. Yeah. Um, you know, just keeping up appearances yeah. and things. What would you say to, because um, we are, Millennials? I guess we are like the, the older millennials. Yeah. Between 28 and 35, we sit in that bracket. Yeah. Um, and I, I've, you know, my in my late 20s, I remember going to see, well, I'm just 30, 
but yeah I think a lot of weddings happened in the past three four years yeah and seen a lot of my friends go through these really beautiful weddings mm. beautiful weddings but the figures they spent mm. for people to eat jello fries and dance to the dance floor and then forget about the wedding afterwards yeah and, yeah you know be left with this debt um um to have this wedding for people who they may not have seen in ages or will not they're not going to be part of the marriage itself and whenever I hear someone that's gone for a smaller wedding, they've been um, very pleased with the outcome. Um, and I, I can tell that you are. Is this something you'd encourage for maybe, you know, other friends around you to do? And maybe to encourage people to not be so pressured by family yeah. and really run with what your heart's desire is for this wedding? Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you want to have the big all guns blazing wedding do with it. the lights go for it yeah. do it if that's what you want to do go for it honestly yeah. like it's, it's your day mm, you mm, do it mm. to to how you want it to happen because you know mm. it's only going to happen once yeah hopefully by god's grace yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like but if in your hearts of hearts you just want to have something small and intimate i would strongly advise you just to go mm. there and don't feel um pressured by anyone mm. to do it because at the end of the day um when the day ends and both of you go to bed and you're looking at each other it's it's just you two yeah it's nobody else it's just you guys what, what would you say are like the myths of what the, the myths of marriage for those who are heading in that direction those who are engaged now and then we, we hear stories about what do you say? What do you think are the myths? Now you're in it, and you're you're living it. Um, <laughs> that classic <laughs> fairy tale, and they live happily ever after. <laughs> it's like you live happily, you live happily. Um, however, life doesn't stop. <laughs> mm. um, you still get challenges. Um, there's still things you have to deal with. Um, within the marriage um i believe that marriages i believe relationships in general like your relationship with your partner shouldn't be uh complicated mm. um what happens outside of the relationship the marriage that can be complicated but mm. you you two you should be cool yeah, like yeah, there should yeah, be no yeah. foolishness there should be no like it, it should be so like you should, as long as you guys are on the same wave and like you understand each other and there's good communication between you guys mm. between all the situations that you go through mm. then that's fine like life can throw curveballs I mean that's just life but mm. in terms of like when I hear people say that you know relationships are supposed to be complicated it's like no they really shouldn't I want to say it's um, love is a compromise yeah it's, it's like, like that's so, such a negating approach yeah it's like it I have to deny myself to make that other person happy and mm. it's like it's just not a case of denying each other to make that because you're I, I believe like once you then start denying yourself to make the other person happy you're then acting <laughs> you're then becoming a character yeah and it's only so long you can keep up that character until you crack yeah and then that can be that then that is the problem yeah. that then becomes complicated yeah. that's then when the relationship does become complicated yeah. because you haven't stayed true to who you are yeah. and I think I think 
a way to avoid that is just to have the conversations that need to be had mm. early on mm. um, in, in, in the beginning of the relationship. Yeah. So one thing that really irritates me that, I've, that like I just don't understand is like how you can have a couple who are together and they're all happy and they're in that love bubble. And then they decide that, you know what? We're serious and I want to make it, okay, we're now exclusive now. They're not just dating, we want to make it exclusive now. Yeah. And it's been years past. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I don't know, that, that conversation may be like, oh, so how many kids do you want? And then it's like, wait, what? Kids? Oh, I don't want kids. And it's like, wait, what? You, you didn't have this conversation? Mm. Like at the beginning? Mm -hmm. I don't get it. It's mm -hmm. like, or, you know, like the person's career plans. Like, mm -hmm. so what is it that you want to do? Where do you want, where, where do you see yourself yeah, yeah. going? Yeah. What, what's your plan in terms of what you want to, you know, aspire to become? Simple things like, where do you want to live? Yeah. I like remember, That's a conversation I had with someone and it, it became quite complicated. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I think like you should, like there should be all these, all the things that need to be covered because like when you're, when you're committing yourself to someone, um, in a, when you're in a relationship with anyone, it's like you are investing time with that person. Life. And they're investing <laughs> time yeah. with you. Yeah. So it's like when you, hold back on probably some uncomfortable questions because for the sake of that happy bubble that you're probably in mm -hmm. it's more damaging the wait the longer that you wait later on and then hearts get broken and feelings get hurt when you could have just saved yourself all that pain mm -hmm. you just got it sorted out at the beginning because mm -hmm. i remember like when i when when i met abrafi and when we was dating like, I just like the fact that's, that she was that's just That's his so... wife's name, by the way, guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Her name's Abrafi. Um, I can remember when, when we was first dating, we were just very upfront. Like, we, we said, like, okay, so we're doing this because the end goal for us was that we're going to be with each other. Yeah. Like, the end goal was marriage. Mm. Like, I made that very clear from yeah. the get-go. And yeah. she was very clear from the get-go. Yeah. And we knew where we wanted to live we knew what our end goals were we knew like some of the the complications of family dynamics like a lot of those conversations that we felt important to have at the beginning because I, I i i was like i'm not here to waste my time mm -hmm. and she was the same she's like i haven't got time to waste either mm -hmm. she's like i have things to do and i want i want to build an empire with my partner yeah it's like i don't want no joker like I haven't got time to waste mm -hmm. and, I, and I respected that and, mm -hmm. I, and I heard it and and, I, and it was very kind of like reassuring for me because mm -hmm. I was like okay cool I'm with someone who's on the same wave that I'm on so yeah. it was very reassuring thinking yes I like her she became more attractive the more she spoke because <laughs> thinking <laughs> yes I like this girl <laughs> it's like yes I, I, I hear you do you know what I was just thinking about that today actually um, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine via Instagram and we're just talking about the dynamics between male and females. Mm. And one thing I'm not saying I'm a, I'm a pro on understanding the way women think, but I think um, maybe they misunderstand the what the way men initially see women. And I think that we are there's this thing of oh, but they always just come up to me because of the way I look. 
I'm like, well, maybe that's the first hook of a man is the way they want to see if you're a spice. Mm. And then that, that reels them in. And then they want to hear you speak. Mm. And as you just said, um, it makes, she became more attractive the way she spoke. And mm. that's a common thread I find with myself and what pulls me into a woman. Mm. Yeah, the first thing is that, yeah, she's got the curves, or she's got the smile, mm. or there's just something about the way she walks through the room, but let yeah. me hear her speak now. Well, you know, let's have that conversation. And that could be the deal breaker moment, you know. Yeah. Does trash come out of her mouth? Yeah. Or does she, you know, is she is she spitting bars? Yeah. You know, and yeah, that's just something I just picked up with what you said that. Yeah, and like adding on to that, I feel like any woman that says that, you know, they go, Oh, it's all about the personality. <laughs> And his heart. Oh my god. Even though, like, even though it probably is. It is, but, but like initially, <laughs> it's what you see. Yeah. Like we are visual creatures. Yes. It's like you are attracted to but what you see. Yeah. You don't see personality. Personality is not tangible. Yeah. You saw his teeth, you saw his face, yeah. you saw his stature. Yeah. You saw how he dressed. Like yeah. these are things that you're looking at. Yeah. And before you're thinking about like you have to talk to someone before you start. Oh my god, he's a personality. Like you have to have a conversation with that Do you person. Ever, remember, like if you if you remember back in like secondary school, where like you're talking to a girl and they're always looking down at your trainers. Yeah. <laughs> have you had some? I, I had one bad experience with that. I, I'll never ever forget it. Like <laughs> that's how my missus met me. She said literally. She said the first thing. The first thing she looked at is like I looked at your shoes. <laughs> And I looked at how you dress. And I was like, okay, like I can dig with this. Yeah, <laughs> She's like, yeah. I, I, dig. I was like, thank you, that, thank you for being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. said, Daniel, she, if your shoes weren't to point, it's like, I want to spoke to you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I spoke to you. It's like, thank <laughs> you for being honest with me. It's yeah. like, yes. It's, it's like personality. Yeah. And uh -huh. then she said, then when she was speaking to me, she's like, oh, okay, this guy's deep. I like this. It's like, go on, Daniel. Because she said, she said one of the one of the one of the deal breakers for her is that a guy that she can't hold a conversation. Mm. She said, she said, I, I need to have someone that I can have a deep conversation mm. with and someone mm. who can teach me something. Mm. Like Is that you, Daniel? What? She, and she said Teacher. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she said, she said that that's the deal. She said, because she said she's she's she said she she's with some guys before in the past where she's like, I just the conversations were just dead and it's just I can't. Here's a question. And it's something like they're not also I, I look at me getting tongue tied. Um, as well as your personality, you holding a conversation. Yeah. Then there's what you do. Yeah. Which is another thing. Like one thing I find is um, well, I, I used to be a chef. Yeah. And whenever I tell you know, they ask me, so what do you do? Oh, I'm, I'm a chef. <gasps> oh my gosh, you can cook. I'm like, it doesn't mean I'm going to be cooking for you. Yeah. But it's that thing of like what you do also plays a part as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So tell us about what you do. Okay. Um, so because. You do a cool thing, and I'm sure that your wife loves that too, right? Yeah, she likes, she likes yeah. it. So tell us what it is you do. Okay, so um, I'm a graphic designer. Um, if I we continue, now... ladies, he's of the market. Yeah, he's of the market, but you can listen, go and tell okay, them. Cool. <laughs> so I'm a graphic designer. Um, I've been now freelance graphic designer now. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been working within the design industry now for over like six years. Um, started back in 2013. Um, worked for a, uh, a luxury um, printing house called mm. Brave New World. Dope experience that I had with them for three years. Mm. They exposed me to clients and people that I would never in my wildest dreams for I would have worked with. Like people from Red Valentino, working from Barclays, 
working with um, luxury hotel groups. Like I, I was just kind of, in that moment, I was way out of my depth and I literally had to cling onto God to get me through because I just felt I'm a junior designer and the caliber of the people that I'm working with, I, at that moment, I almost felt unworthy. Like I, I, I felt that I didn't belong there. Yeah. And it took a lot of hard work and courage and faith until I was started to feel comfortable. And I started to feel that, no, I do belong here. Mm. And I was placed here mm -hmm. because I have work to do. Mm -hmm. He placed me here because he, I was things I needed to learn from, from, from the people that I was working with. And it was a great experience, had a lot of highs. There were some lows, but they were all great learning experiences. And then from there, I then moved on to um, a creative, uh, consultancy in PR, mm. um, MSL, which was another company which was a dope place to work. I learned <laughs> so much mm. in terms of digital and working on digital experiences, working on activations yeah. um, for uh, PR brands. And it was just a great learning curve for me and the people that I worked with and the directors, the design directors who I'm friends with now, they were, they just, they just showed me love. That's one thing that I can say is that wherever I work, people there show me love. And I, I believe that I got love from people's cause I gave them the equal amount of love. Mm. Like when I work with people, I'm just myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a very loving guy. I'm very open, very transparent. And what you see is what you get. Mm. And I believe because of that, I was got that back. Don't get me wrong. There are some people who tried it, but I'm mm -hmm. a great believer of, you know, you can kill a person with kindness. Yeah. And then literally they kind of just succumb to the kindness and they kind of kind of win them over through that. Mm. And so then from MSL, I decided to go freelance and then I've just been working with multiple agents who have been booking me left, right and center and been keeping me very busy. Dope. And um, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the ride. I've enjoyed being independent mm. and kind of like taking control of my schedule and who it is that I work with and mm. having the option to say no if I wanted to. Mm. And um, I think one of the biggest perks that I've enjoyed is that when family or friends needed me, I could step away and deal with what needs to be dealt with and then mm. come back. Yeah. Where I, I felt very limited when I was working yeah. in an agency. I was kind of very kind of like stuck to their schedule and their yeah. time. I had to ask for permission. Yeah. Where now it's like, oh, I need to be somewhere and yeah. I can do what is what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. So like that thing of you've come from accepting that you're actually worthy to be in this particular kind of environment, position, company, working with certain kind of certain kind of um, clients, to now transitioning transitioning into freelance. Yeah. What was that like? Because I know that a lot of people would love to have this kind of lifestyle that you have of being able to manage your your time, your your schedule as you as you wish. Um, but there's a lot of fear that people have, or doubt you know doubt that they can do that, or yeah. doubt that it will work out. Mm -hmm. What would you say to somebody who is thinking about that? You know, and what were your you know peaks and troughs of your experience? Okay. Um... I think you need to be comfortable with dealing with people. Um, first and foremost, 
I feel like if you want to go freelance, you have to be comfortable with being client facing. Mm, mm. When you work in an agency, you kind of have buffers in mm -hmm. front of you mm -hmm. who are client facing and then you receive the work yeah. and you might ne not necessarily ever get to see the client mm. where when you're freelancing, you have to meet with your agent directly yeah. and you have to sell yourself yeah. and then you have to meet with the client with their creative problems and you have to be the one to provide solutions to them and have those conversations, whether it's face to face, mm -hmm. on Zoom mm -hmm. or over phone, mm -hmm. like you have to be very comfortable with speaking with people. Um, I think the only way that you can get very comfortable in doing that is to be out there and just networking mm. and just meet meet strangers and hear their stories and get really comfortable just having those conversations mm. because for someone who is quite maybe I would say introverted and liked kind of like or just comfortable just having structure already kind of like sorted for them and then just doing their day to day mm. to then going to a completely different environment where you're having to put the structure in place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think you just have to be very kind of like comfortable in just taking ownership of that. Yeah. But a lot of that is boils down to the people that you liaise with, who you have these conversations with, who you're speaking to mm. and just believing in yourself. Mm. I think that's another thing is just believing that, that you can do this mm. and just to know that wherever it is that you're working, if it wasn't for you, the work wouldn't be getting done. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. If it wasn't sure. for you, the work wouldn't be getting done. So yeah. why can you not do the same work, but within your own parameters? Yeah. Why does it have to be confined within an office, why does it have to be confined within a studio or yeah. wherever it is that you're working? Yeah. Why can you not do that on your own terms? Yeah. And it's just that kind of like that that head switch yeah. of like, I, I've got this, I can do this. Why not do it for myself? Yeah. What's your thoughts on, um, what's, what's his name? Um, Rishi, Rishi Sunak, the, the what's it, the exchequer, chancellor? Oh, oh, that guy. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he, you know, he said something about creatives, especially said musicians anyways, but I guess it affects that kind of approach, affects the whole creative sphere. Creatives, everyone. Um, no, that yeah. We should retrain, think about retraining. And then there's this, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram recently, there's been um, this ad about this ballerina called Fatima. Yeah, I shared it. She doesn't, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what's your thoughts on, on that? I, I think <laughs> when he said that, I was thinking, <laughs> how dare you like honestly um i was just thinking how dare you it's like yeah. the campaigns that were designed for you were from creatives yeah. the people that put edited your campaign was a creative, creative. Exactly. the person that is now recording you on camera is a creative, creative. Yeah. and it's like how you can be literally looking at the camera at the creative yeah and say that you don't matter. Yeah. To see the, the music that you're probably listening to in your car, at home, mm -hmm. with your family, mm -hmm. was produced by a creative. Precisely. Like, everything that you see mm -hmm. visually, everything that you sit on, mm -hmm. everything that you touch, mm -hmm. was done by a creative. Mm -hmm. So I just found it 
I don't know, I just found it unbelievable that he could say such a thing. And it was just kind of, it was a massive punch to the gut. Like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. I just I was like, I just couldn't remember, I was like, how dare you? Because the creative industries hasn't had much support during the, little to maybe no support during the, the this, if you said pandemic, I want to say plandemic. I'm going to be honest about my thoughts on this thing. During this pandemic, Rony Rona pandemic. Um, so then to hear that, it's, And tours, tours. I think like I had, I had a tour cancelled. I know friends that had many, many tours cancelled. But how that's how it's affected the music sphere. How has it affected you in your work? And then swinging it back to your marriage, has that also had an effect on your marital life too? But let's stick on the creative area first. How cool. has that affected you as a creative? So how it affected me was that a lot of. A lot of the work that I had planned out for the year yeah. kind of went. And there was, I think in April, my whole year that was planned out after April yeah. just just went, just vanished. Um, because it put a lot of people in a place of fear because everything was uncertain, everything was unknown. So understandably, I can understand that companies were you know, looking at their best interests mm. and trying to hold on to, you know, their companies and they had to let people go and had to close contracts to kind of hold on to, you know, the monies that they had to, to run. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it put a lot of contractors <clears throat> and a lot of um, even full-time staff at risk. A lot of people were let go. Mm. Um, a lot of contracts were got stopped. And for me, there was like a six, seven week period where there was just a void of nothing. Mm, mm, mm. And then there was that uncertainty of, will I get work again? Mm. And all I can say in that moment in time was that I was very thankful that I had um, a Braffy with me at the time yeah. because my mentally, it was really tough. It was really tough. Mm. Um, I was very doubtful. Um, and I felt in that moment, because we were engaged in that moment as like, how am I going to provide? Yeah, hey. And <laughs> how Damn. am I going to be a support for you mm. um, when I don't even know if I'm going to secure work? Yeah. Like, I don't know, I was just very doom and gloom. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know, she turned around and she just looked at me and she gave me a smile and she went, she went, Daniel, I just want to let you know that I had my own before I met you. Damn. I want you to know that <laughs> I run my life on my own before you came a part of my life. So she said, don't worry. She said, it will come good for you. But until then, I got you. Beautiful. And I don't know, literally, I was dumbfounded That's when she said this to me. <laughs> I was dumbfounded when she said because I wasn't I wasn't expecting that response. And um she just kept on reassuring me that I don't love you for your money. That wasn't what attracted me to you. I loved mm. you because of you mm. and um and who you are and, and what you stand for and what you believe in and your oddities <laughs> she said i loved you for you and she said don't worry she said like the work will come she said it will come just be faithful 
and just pray and just know and believe that it will come. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we prayed during that time. Mm. And um, I was praying for her as well because of the career that she has. She's a, she's a cardiac physiologist. So she was one of the people that was on the front line. Mm. Um, strangely, during that time, uh, she had a freak accident where she had to get up to go to the toilet and she really badly injured her ankle mm. and she was out of work for three months. Mm. So she was working from home um, during the, the kind of the heat of the first wave. And um, I was then a support for her because she was like, she's a workaholic. Like she, she's really passionate about what she does. And she finds it very hard when she doesn't have anything to do. And uh, cause what she does is very mentally taxing. Like she's, she's dealing with people's hearts. Like she's, she's, she deals with um, the pacemakers and she's a scientist that wow. actually builds them and she, she deals with them. Oh, and I was like, okay. So when she's gone from doing, dealing with that with clients on a day-to-day -day basis, then not to doing absolutely nothing, just having Netflix and mm. home and- You? Me and- <laughs> uncertainty and worry and it was it was a lot so we was then are both as a support network for each other it sounds like it sounds like um the proximity maybe uh, it, would you say aided your relationship because i've heard a lot about a lot of marriages going south relationships going south because of the proximity yeah but it's you know i mean well this speaks for itself you got married at the end of it right so, yeah yeah it, it, it did, I'd say that for us, it was a really blessing disguise because it brought us, us closer together yeah. and all the really hard challenges that we were experiencing because we were there for each other um, and we had each other's back and we was our, we was our support network and everything. Like we, we really just bonded closer. Mm. Both of us bonded so, so closer. It actually just, it just, it just, sped up the process of me loving her even more like there was a there was a there was a i thought i loved her but after it i loved her even more she said the same to me wow. she said i loved you but i loved you even more after what we went through wow, 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 wow. because of all the little things that we were doing for each other and yeah. how we we even it got to the point where we kind of knew what we were thinking and sometimes even finishing each other finishing each other's sentences mm -hmm. <laughs> because we were that familiar with each other. It was a beautiful thing. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that it really, it did, it really did help us uh, during that time, surprisingly, because I did see some relationships that weren't dealing, weren't doing so well mm. during that time. Mm. Um, and even memes being shown like on, on social media of like these relationships, which are just, falling apart mm. and the, the the hatred towards each other it's mm. almost like work was an escape yeah them. yeah what what i like about what you just shared like throughout this conversation is that we, we've gone through such a testing yeah for everyone and it seems as though that you've been an example of it being a year which you know living in life regardless of what's happening out there mm. It can still work in here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like your, your your work has come through for you. Your marriage has come through for you. The two things I, I tend to think that there's two things that can drive a man to the curbside, which is the two W's: his woman and his work. And those two W's for you have stayed, all caps. You know. So 
I don't know, how, how, do you, how do you feel about that? And how, do you, how does it make you feel about moving forward, about maybe more challenging times that may come? I, it's made me feel... Or more so, what would be your... Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry. What would be your... Um, maybe like your, your, your words for those who may be in your position or coming into your kind of road in life or period in life that... What would be your, your words to them? Like speaking to your little brother, for example. And yeah. They, yeah. I, I would literally just say like, you really need to have a firm relationship with God. <laughs> like, <you> re- honestly, <laughs> like- It all goes back to him, isn't it? <laughs> it honestly, always. it really does. It always does because like, if it wasn't for him, I, I the things that I was doing, I wouldn't have done. The things mm. that I said, I wouldn't have said. Mm. Um, Cause there was times where I was, I felt way out of my depth, really overwhelmed. And he spoke to me through my now wife. He spoke to me through my friends. He spoke to me what I listened to and what I read. I I was just guided with him. Mm. Even with the work that came, um, it was funny because after that seven week period that I had, the, the job that came through was from an agent that I've never worked with before. Okay. And then that work sustained me for the next two, three months Mm. over the summer. And I was just so thankful because I went from not knowing where my next project was going to come and it came out of the blue and it could have only been from him because I got a text and she said, oh, you're on our system and we have a client that needs someone with your expertise. Are you available? And yes, I am. And I had an interview with them and they said they liked my work. And then literally the next day said, you're working with them, you start next week, Monday. And I was like, I literally was like, thanks be to God, because honestly, it's like, I didn't know how I was going to operate and function um, without work, because it, it, mm. it really messes up with your mental when you don't have anything to do. Mm. So first of all, like you need to give thanks to God and literally just have a really firm relationship with him yeah. because he's the one that's going to guide you. And then secondly, it's just always being open and honest with who it is that you're with because it's through the challenging times where you really see the true character of your partner Mm. it's all well and good if everything being great you know everything's great when everything's great um when everything becomes poo (laughs) is when you really see um the real character of who it is that you're with it's actually when you really see the real character of who you are as well mm. so it reveals both sides it mm. reveals who you are and also reveals who they are mm. and in for me it actually revealed in that moment for me of the the the, the deep-rooted fears that i had and um there was a moment in there was a time where i literally felt that i was my work wow okay. and i felt who am I without it? Because yeah. it's like, who am I when I, I'm not a creative? Who am I when I'm not working on a project? And Where do you think that comes from? Because I think a lot of people feel that, that they are their work. Yeah. Where do you think that stems from? I don't know. I think for me, like, even this goes back to school. Anytime, because yeah. anytime I was in school and I got bullied back in school, I always came back with working really hard. So my comeback was, I'm going to pee off even more by my output. So if I got picked on, I'd work 10 times harder. If someone said something that annoyed me, I'd work 10 times harder. 
if someone irritated me or said something really smarmy, I just work really hard. And it went through in university. You made bullying sound good. <laughs> it, I used it as fuel. Yeah. Anything that came out, I used it as fuel. All my hardships used it as fuel. Even when I was in university, um, when my mother and my father fell ill, um, and that was a really scary time, I used that as fuel for me to work harder. Even my lecturers didn't understand, like, how are you doing this? despite all the hardships. And I literally say to them, first of all, God. <laughs> Second of all, I'm just, I have to do this. Like there's there's mm -hmm. no other way, I just have mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I'll just say that like, I just very determined like that nothing's gonna to, to, to beat me and no one's gonna beat me. And I think I got so connected to work kind of like being something that kind of represented me because that's what I fall back onto yeah. anytime I went through hardship was work. Mm. And this time I was dealing with a hardship and I didn't have work to output, to express myself, to yeah. create. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what was gonna, what was gonna do? Yeah. And my missus literally said to me, well, create. You're not gonna get paid, but create, you're creative. So that's literally what I did. Mm -hmm. I literally just did, created stuff. Mm -hmm. I just did stuff for the sake of doing it for fun. And it was really mentally very therapeutic and calming yeah. and it helped me during that process. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. I have nothing else to ask you, bro. <laughs> but it's been it's been fantastic hearing how you know this year has panned out for you. And it seems like a lot of a lot of it's, it's a bit like a factory reset. Yeah. You know, it's been a reset for you. It's I mean like you don't change the phone, it's still the same phone, but it's there's now room for new apps to come in, 100%. new memories to be made, yeah. new relationships to be formed, yeah. and the old to just be deleted. And I guess you realise that once you've got rid of, once you've gone through a purge, those things that you've removed by choice or by force, that you don't miss them anymore. Yeah. You, you realise that I am not those photos. Yeah. I am not just my work. Yeah. I am not th this relationship. Yeah. I am not this person in this group of friends. Yeah. I am who he says I am. Exactly. And you get, I guess you discover that when you, when you take all the layers away. Yeah. And you see what I'm at the core, what yeah. I'm at the seed. Yeah. Do you feel that you know, you've come to an understanding of who you are now at the moment? Because you're still going to grow and change. Yeah, yeah. But would you say like, I have a greater understanding of I have a better understanding of who I is that I am. Yeah. I still have my insecurities like we all do. Yeah. But I have a much, better appreciation for for me so you, you right now strange question if you as a dish a dish you know your favorite dish or a, yeah, a dish that yeah. you to describe yourself as now what would yeah. it be <laughs> akin saltfish and fried dumpling why um first of all it is it is my country's national dish Oi. <laughs> but it is it's sustaining. It's, it mm. is very sustaining. It tastes good. Mm -hmm. It tastes good. It has all the flavors. It will never, it will never disappoint. Is it? <laughs> it will never disappoint. So what do you wash it down with? It depends. It will either be a Guinness punch. Uh-huh. But now I've been introduced to a glass of red wine. <laughs> What? 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 So, what? either those two. My love, Shiraz. Um, yeah. Or a um, Cabernet Sauvignon. Why? Yeah. 
Noted. So, so that meal, sorry, it's a... It's akin saltfish with yeah. fried dumpling. Yeah. And then I have a... Oh, actually, do you know what? Put a little bit of Kalaloo there on the side. Okay. And then we have either Guinness punch. Yep. Or glass of red. Dope. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Daniel Foster. If you want to know what he tastes like, go and get that dish. <laughs> <laughs> and where can we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I'm at Daniel A.E. Foster. Mm -hmm. And you can also find me on my website, uh, www.danielaefoster.com. And yeah, I'm so, on those platforms. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. This is the AVP International. AVP International? No, I'm AVP International. This is the AVP and Friends podcast. And that was Daniel Foster. Thank you. And good night. Good day, good afternoon, good morning, good living. Ciao.